Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Brandon, PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We'll talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So here we are approaching the last week of July. The PJ Tour is back in Tennessee and Memphis. We'll dive into the St. Jude as we get into it. But we're going to start with the Pro-Am Series first and then move into some Tennessee PGA Golf. So this week at Memphis uh, at Olive Branch Country Club, Mark Zisman finishes first, Jason Bell coming in second, followed by Matt Brock coming into third. Going over to the Knoxville, uh, Tennessee National, Walt Chapman, a familiar name at the top of that leaderboard, Mr. Scott Moran and Joe Castle finish in second and third. Moving over to Chattanooga, congratulations to Rob Riddle winning this pro series there. Going over to the Tri-Cities at Cattails, Alan Fennell and Chris Stacy coming in second. Nashville, the Nashville Golf and Athletic hosted. Congratulations to Brian Cometh for coming in first, Zach Smith second, and Matt Salva third. So you can check all those out at golfhousetennessee.com. Uh, click on the links there for your respected regions and you can take a look at the events now as these programs were being played we also had the tootsies harold eller hosted at old hickory country club and old hickory's gone through some renovations over the last couple of years uh new ownership lengthen some teas new clubhouse and this amazing look uh the eller is a uh, memorial for their host professional for years there uh it is a professional and three scratch am best ball event Starting in the team division, Harris, Fly, Hudson, and Cooper, and Wilkins, Sladen, Wilson, and Emery tie for first at 26 under. Third place, Coke, Crockett, Mitchell, and Watford at 25, tied for fourth. Flanagan, Poe, Mays, Rice, along with Cox, Korth, Mann, and Stribling coming in at 24. Moving over to the regular division, Casey Flanagan winning two tournaments in a row, shooting 13 under this week. Johan Koch finishing second at 10 under. Host professional Ron Bott shooting 9 under. Mike Vance coming in fourth at 4, and Chase Harris coming in third. Moving over to the senior division, Lauren Personette shooting 10 under for the tournament, 9 under on the second day, so bringing it home. Tied for second, Mark Hauser and Bill Breen. So Bill's played, I think, in six events this season, and his worst finish is tied for second. So Bill's kind of running away with it over there, but Lauren got the best of him this week. Moving on to our friend from the show, Jared Milson at three under, and Mr. Alan Fennell. So Alan pulling a little double duty, getting some rounds in the Tri-Cities and getting some rounds in the Mid-State. Moving over to the Scratch Am, Lee Maxwell coming in at 11 under, winning it. Matt Cooper second at 8 under. Tyler Farr coming in third at 6 under and tied for fourth. Josh Wheeler and Matt Mitchell at 5 under. Uh, 
Moving over to the senior scratch. Doug Harris at 10 under. Congratulations there. James McCord at 7 under. Kenny Wilson at 5. Brian Rogers at 4th at 4 under. And Gary Slayton, Paul Korth, Steve Mantine for 5th at 3 under. So a lot of great golf played this week. Um, you'll notice a lot of the names on the scratch side were also on the pro side. So way to get it done out there, guys. So now let's move on to the big hit this week for us in Tennessee. It is the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which is now a World Golf Championship. So the FedEx St. Jude has been played in Memphis since 1958. What was known originally as the Memphis Open was played at Colonial Country Club through 1971. Uh, Then it was moved uh, to Cordova. from the original position of Memphis Country Club downtown to Cordova. They played it there through 88. Um, then they moved it over to Southwind. Um, it has been played there since. Now, in 2018 uh, was the last year the FedEx St. Jude Classic existed. It was then turned in 2019 to the FedEx uh, Invitational for the World Golf Championship, so replacing the old Firestone. But the St. Jude has uh, always been uh, near and dear to Memphis's heart. Uh, Danny Thomas uh, always used the proceeds to help fund the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So this is one of those things that is just everybody in Memphis knows about the tournament. Even if you're not a golfer, you understand what St. Jude does for the children and, and parents that come in there. Uh, 1977, President Gerald Ford... Um, Made a hole-in-one during the tournament, during the Celebrity Pro-Am, playing with Tom, uh, Danny Thomas and Ben Crenshaw. Uh, two days later, Al Berger shot the first 59-13 under um, in the second round with 11 birdies in the eagle. And again, the very first 59 played on the PGA Tour coming out of Memphis. Uh, FedEx got involved in 1986, becoming the title sponsor. Um, and they've used that since then and growing the purses. Um, Stanford Financial Group took it over for one year um, and then went right back to the FedEx St. Jude Classic. So Southwind is an amazing golf course. Um, For the tournament this week, the guys will play it at 7,200 as a par 70. They convert number five, which uh, for the members is a par five. Um, playing a little over 500 for the uh, pros this week, it's 485 yards at a par four. So going back to the last years of it being the St. Jude FedEx, uh, Dustin Johnson won it the final year in 2018. Before that, Daniel Berger was back-to-back 16-17. Fabian, Go- Fabian Gomez wins it in 15. Ben Crane 2014. Harris English in 13. Dustin Johnson repeat name 2012. Harrison Frazier, 2011, um, Lee Westwood winning it in 2010, Brian Gay, 2009, Justin Leonard, 2008, Woody Austin, 2007. We also see David Toms on here, 2003-2004, Justin Leonard back in 05, Jeff Maggard in 06. So a long list of names. Um, some quick highlights, Nota Begay, 2000, now broadcaster for the Golf Channel. Uh, Nick Price wins it in 98, Greg Norman in 99, so again, really getting some some recognition there. Freddie Couples wins it in 91, Nick Price also won it in 93. 
Curtis Strange winning it in 87, Hal Sutton winning it in 1985, uh, Ray Floyd, 82, Lee Trevino, 1980, Guy Berger there in 77, Gibby Gilbert um, from Chattanooga wins it in 76, Lee Trevino, 71, 72, Jack Nicholas, 1965, um, going back, Tommy Bolton, the inaugural winner, um, Billy Maxwell winning in 1958, winning by one show, shot over Kerry Middlecoff, who was a Masters winner from Memphis. So again, a lot of heritage in this tournament. Names from across the states and across the world have played and competed and always come to St. Jude and really had an amazing time and put on an amazing display of golf for the spectators. Now, with this becoming a World Golf Championship in 2019, we had Brooks Kepka win it the first year it was contested here, um, beating out Webb Simpson, uh, coming in second. But again, really good players. Just reading off uh, final round, Kepka was at 16 under, Webb at 13, Mark Leishman at 12 under, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Roy McElroy all at 11, John Rahm at 10, Ian Poulter. At nine, Billy Horschel and Bubba Watson rounding out the top ten at eight under. So again, amazing turnout from players throughout the years to support the St. Jude Classic, support the World Golf Championships. And now we get to see you being played again this year. Now something that was really good to see on Wednesday was the PGA Tour has started with the absence of pro-ams. They've been starting charity classics. And, and so for the last three or four weeks on Wednesday, a couple of professionals have, have gone out and played. And this week we had Tennessee's own Brent Seneker paired with Billy Horschel playing against Henrik Simon Stenson and Victor Hovland playing in the charity. Now it was shortened um, to a seven-hole competition because of storms on Wednesday. At the time, Snedeker and Horschel were uh, four under, and Stinson and Victor were at two. So, again, guys getting out there, raising some charity money, um, taking advantage of what used to be the pro-ams, and they're mic'd up and having fun. So, good golf for TV. So this was used to be contested at Firestone Country Club. It was the Bridgestone Invitational. Before that, it was the NEC Invitational. Um, and, and again, with it moving to FedEx last year. But going back for past champions of this event, so we know Brooks Kepka won it in 2019. Um, 2018, we had Justin Thomas. 17, Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, 16, Dustin Johnson. 15, Shane Lowry. 2014, Roy McIlroy. Uh, now we get into the stretch of Tiger Woods, wins it in 13. Keegan Bradley wins it in 2012. Adam Scott, 2011. Hunter Mahan, 2010. 2009, Tiger Woods on there again. Vijay Singh in 2008. Tiger in 07 and 06 and 05. Um, so again, just kind of racking up those wins there, Tiger was. Stuart Sink. Uh, in 2004, Darren Clark, 2003, Craig Perry, 2002, familiar name here, Tiger Woods, 2001, 2010, and to 1999 with the inaugural. Um, all those years it was played at Firestone, except for 2000, 2002, it was played at Shahali Country Club and Shamath, Washington. 
So tune in to the Golf Channel this weekend. You can watch it on PJ Tour Live as well. See lots of coverage. Um, see how the big names are. See how Brooks Kepka can do in his defense. I know he's been battling some knee problems. Um, they've been talking about and see what DeChambeau can do out there. Uh, almost dog legs with trees and if he can just take it over the top and see what he can do so check that out and we'll definitely go over some coverage with this next week so now we're going into the listeners question so the first one's coming in from terry terry wants to know how to go about getting started well first of all terry golf is a very confusing game i call it a test against yourself so um if you're trying to punish yourself no i'm just kidding it's a great game we love it and we all enjoy it so terry the first thing i'll tell you if you've never played before um or if you've been out to the range with your friends the first place to start is we've got to get some golf clubs um now i've talked numerous times on here and you can go back and listen to all the episodes about fittings but I always talk about when somebody's first getting started into the game, they just need something to learn how to swing. And I make the analysis of your first car. So for years, I've recommended go to your big box retail stores um, and just get their inexpensive two to $500 um, box sets. Those will have drivers, woods, hybrids, irons, wedges, putter, the bag, everything you need to tee it up the next day or even same day if you will um and i also like to talk about it as uh with several of my students over the years like your first car you're only going to be in it for 12 to 18 months you're going to start making some changes you're going to outgrow those clubs um and then you can transition to something nicer with some of the bigger brands um but the last thing you want to do is buy a brand new 500 driver and then make a bad swing and dent it or crack it it's like wrecking your mercedes or your um Lamborghini just pulling off the dealership so start with something inexpensive and get into it um and then the next thing i'm going to say is Find a local professional. Go out and take some lessons. I mean, you can find the basics. Um, Hogan's uh, Fundamentals, the Five Fundamentals, was always a great book. Harvey Pinnock's Little Red Book, all very classics um, in instruction. But at the end of the day, somebody needs to see what you're doing and help you. So there's a lot of YouTube. There's a lot of great information out there. But I really help want you to get help based on what you're doing and what you see, not what you think you're doing. So get with a PGA professional, get with an instructor, get on some range, spend some time, uh, and get through it. So Terry, hopefully you can get as addicted as we are to the game um, and get going from there. But again, first point, you got to have something to swing and then get somebody to kind of show you how to do it with a little bit more precision and consistency. So this one comes from Scotty. It's not really a question more than it was an article. And Scotty, thank you for doing the research and finding this one for me. So this article came out on March 24th, 2017. So um, I won't list where it came from, but it is an online golf publication. Uh, and the overall question or the title is the 10 best poll questions answered by PJ professionals. Um, so recently, PJ Pros were surveyed in a great uncensored view where they think of other tour pros and other hot topics. So again, finally you got a chance to see who they think is doing what. Uh, and so the first question that popped out, now again we're talking this, is 
back March in 2017. So are you concerned about players uh, that are taking PEDs that are undetected through urine test? And 84% of the tour was no. So, I mean, these guys know that if you're just because you're getting bigger and stronger. Now, this was pre-Bryson pre DeChambeau, and I'm not saying he's taking anything other than protein shakes. Um, but these guys were talking about this then, um, and it's never really crossed their minds um, because in most cases... When you get that big, you don't have the same type of rotation. Um, they even talked about, you know, being like wrestlers and stuff like that. It's just not seeing that type of um, play. So just because you're getting bigger doesn't mean you're always picking up more speed and distance. Um, next question was, should the PGA Tour break from the USGA and play by its own rules? Tour pros? 62% said yes. They were actually thinking that they need to get out there and do something that is theirs. That way they're not playing the same type of golf that the people on the weekend. The people on the weekend want to go out and have fun and enjoy themselves. Um, 34 said no, and 4% really had no comment. Um, but this was a great question because it's something to improve the game. People are getting comfortable with things and kind of go with the flow. But the PGA Tour says enough is enough and adopts their own rules. It could stop or it could put a fun spin to the game, uh, kind of like how the NBA has their own rules separate from the international basketball uh, used in the Olympics. So again, and then 2017, the BJ Tour was in favor of breaking away and having their own variations of the rules. Um, does golf belong in the Olympics? Um, 68% said yes. Uh, 30% no and 2% don't know. With golf being reintroduced, uh, reintroduced to the Olympics that year, uh, 2016, um, seemed like a hit, and you know Justin Rose gets his gold medal. So again, most of the guys were in favor of the uh, golf being in the Olympics again. So again, it's just really good to see what these guys are thinking about and how they feel on some of these topics. Um, does Roy McIlroy lift? too much. Uh, I know there was a big conversation about he was getting too big, he was bulking up too much, and 66% said no. Uh, only 22% said yes, and 12 had no comment. So, all the old-time golfers seem to be intimidated for the fact that Roy's in shape and wears tighter shirts and his muscles are bigger. Um, as long as it doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, should be fine, was the comment made. Um, but again, it's Lifting and getting stronger, this is something that Tiger made more popular, but it had been done before him. Gary Player was probably the fittest player of his time and was working out constantly. So it's nothing new to the game. We're seeing DeChambeau taking it to a whole nother level uh, with his weight gain uh, to pick up speed. But, you know, these guys are working out and trying to stay fit and trying to stay healthy. Is slow play a problem on the PGA Tour? can't believe they actually asked this question. Um, 84% yes. Um, one of the arguments that, you know, that's getting people turned off to the games, it takes too long to get out there. Now, I think I've spoken on this on the show before, but when I got into the business in 1999, I was taught golf was a stagnant sport. At that time, time the same number of people were quitting the game that were taking the game up. And we went in and looked at all the studies, and what we found is, even though all this new equipment was coming out, which we're going to talk about here in just a second, um, and all the new golf balls and all this was coming around, what you were seeing is, on average, 
the players were spending four and a half to five hours on the golf course. So now you take in the drive to and from, you take some range time, and a weekend golf day turns into an eight to nine hour trip, depending on how far you have to go to play. And it's just time away from the family, or again, just kind of seems like a waste uh, unless you're competing and playing in tournaments. It's just really hard to convince that I'm going to do something for 10 hours. Um, and it's just going to be a slow grinding. It's like being stuck in traffic in some cases. So, as that being said, and the other thing is people weren't improving. Well, they weren't taking lessons. They were buying new equipment, spending their money there, which helped the equipment booms that we've had and the technology changes. But they weren't learning how to do it. They watched it on TV. They thought they could pick it up. And this is where I always say find your PJ professional uh, and, and work on the things that you're looking for, like we talked about in Terry's. Um, question earlier, but slow play is a problem, and they're starting to get better, and they're starting to enforce the rules that are currently there, and it's starting to speed up, and it's fun to watch again. Next question, does the modern ball fly too far? 70% said no, 30 said yes. So the golf ball changed. Um, Callaway came out with the Rule 35. Titleist went from the Bellata to the Professional and the Tour Prestige, which spawned into the Pro-V. And you saw golf ball companies going away from wound golf balls and going to solid compression cores. And the ball started going further for the average golfer. Compressions got less. Balls jumped off the club face faster. And they got more distance. But at the same time, we had... Tiger Woods coming in, getting stronger. We have more and more athletes starting to play the game who've gotten stronger. And so the distance is not a product of the golf ball. The golf ball helps. But the distance is a product of we have more fit, more athletic players playing the game. And that goes back to my side of the distance debate. And I won't stay on that one too long. Um, this was actually a good question. Would you be willing to wear a microphone during a competitive round for the TV broadcast? Again, we're seeing a lot of that now that there aren't the pro-ams. And even then, half, 52% or just over half, said yeah. Um, 44 at no and 4 were at maybe. So, again, it's good to hear the commentators and what's going on, but it's also really good to hear the players and what they're talking. And, and when we had the guys mic'd up for the match, um, Mickelson and uh, Brady and... Um, Manning and, and Tiger, and, and before that when we had McElroy and Dustin Johnson and Wolf and Ricky all mic'd up, that was fun hearing the banter back and forth and listening to Seneker and um, Billy Horschel playing against Stinson and uh, Victor yesterday was really good to kind of hear some of that. Um, so again, it's just, it's... It's the next era, and we're going to hear more from the players. Um, and the final question I'm going to go back to on this one. Will Tiger win another major? Now, this was March 2017, and at that time, 72% said no. 16 said yes, 8 was hope so, and 4 didn't know. Now we know we're going to spawn 2019, Tiger wins the Masters. Um, one step, one win closer to Jack's record. So again, things that were being talked about a couple years ago, still relevant in the game today. Um, but you know those 72% that said no have found out to be wrong. So again, great when there. Scotty, love that one, bringing that question in. 
So that pretty much wraps up our time this week. Thank you for joining me for Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Paul Brandon, PGA Professional. Um, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. If you like the show, please subscribe and raise on iTunes. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also hassle and harass me on Twitter at QIC underscore Golf Pro or on Instagram at PBrandon21. Keep them coming. I'll keep talking about golf. Hopefully, I'll see you on the course this week. Y'all have fun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.